0: What the angel says to Daniel is this. From the time of the de- when the decree is released, to the rebuilding of the walls in Jerusalem, from that time, from the moment the decree is released. So another a decree, a declaration, a proclamation. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That would be the time from that marker to when the ruler, the king of kings, the Lord of lords comes. It will be seven sevens, 49 plus 434. 49 plus 434 years. Did you follow that? Does everybody understand? All right. And it goes on and, and, and prophesies. There was a... First of all, let me say that the marker is released. If you read the book of, Dan, uh, book of Nehemiah chapter 2, It gives us the specific decree that came forth to the rebuilding of the walls. The walls weren't rebuilt. It was a decree that came forth. In fact, you can go ahead and turn there. I want you to look at it later because I've got a bunch that I want to give you this morning. But Nehemiah chapter 2, that edict or that decree is given and Nehemiah was a part of it. And when this heathen king issued the decree, he unknowingly set in motion a time clock... In God, You see, all of these things, the, the Bible is amazing. Sixty-six different books written on three different continents by many different authors. Some were royalty, some were farmers, and the whole thing is consistent from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And if you read something that doesn't match up, it's only because you haven't been educated to understand what it's saying. So this decree comes forward and it starts the time clock in God so you can begin to start and count off all those years, 434 plus 49. There was uh, many years ago a brilliant lawyer who served for a long time as the director of England's famed Scotland Yard. You ever heard of that? His name was Sir Robert Anderson. He was also an avid and devout Bible student, loved God with all his heart. Sir Robert Anderson, with his precise mind, training, and logic, analyzed the book of Daniel, determining the exact date when the decree of Xerxes was issued. That's what that's called in Nehemiah 2. Figuring the date to be March 28th, 445 B.C. Do the math. Add the years on. It comes to April 6, A.D. 32. Let me tell you, when Jesus... And now you look at the... Are you all tracking with me? When you read the text that we said, that we read today, in Luke 19, and Jesus says that you did not know the day of your visitation, He's not talking about a general day. He's talking about the exact day the exact day that if you figure when the decree was released from from Nehemiah 2 and other historical documents that we have that bring it very clearly when that decree was released to rebuild the walls count off those years that we talked about 434 plus 49 which is thank you it comes to exactly the date that Jesus wrote. How do you know that? Josephus and other scholars outside of the text of Scripture. You tell me who wrote this book. God did. Using men. I mean, that ought to build your faith. That's kind of amazing. Is that amazing? How many of you think that's amazing? How many of you heard that before? How many of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I do? All right. Good. <laughs> God has a time clock and there's these moments that come. There's moments that come for our lives in the course of human history that are exactly like that. Sometimes we can understand what the time clock is. Most of the time I don't think we do. Are you ready for those kind of moments when they come? Divine timing in your life. Now there's two groups in this text that we read that choose to respond in different ways you have the pharisees i'm sure the sadducees the couldn't and the wooden sees you never heard about them before right but all right and then you have the disciples God wants us as a church, God wants us as His people to be positioned for a day of visitation. Now, when I'm saying a day of visitation, I mean a a period of time where the tide and power of His Spirit rises like never before, and we're ready for it. Positioning ourselves for God's visitation. You see your notes there? Roman numeral 2. The first thing is, Recognize that you're important to God. You'll see that in verse 29. Look at verse 29 of the text that we read. He chose two of His disciples. Realize you're important. God's got something for you to do. I mean, there's a 500-year-old prophecy out of the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 and verse 9, and the fulfillment of that was going to come, and these two dudes, two disciples were going to be used by Jesus to be a part of that fulfillment. Amazing. God's got, an, God's got an opportunity for you to be a part of something great. Because we're important to God. Come on, somebody say, I have a purpose. You have a purpose, and it's not to just, you know, watch TV, eat dinner, go to sleep, get up and go to work. Come home, watch TV, eat dinner, go to sleep, wake up, go to work, have a cup of Starbucks maybe. That that, that is not the sole purpose in life, is to work, to make money, to pay bills, and do that for the next, you know, up to your 70s, and hope that you can retire maybe early, and everything and just be okay, or maybe just raise your kids, which of course is a great calling. You have a specific purpose. And it's not just to suffer. If you have a pulse, go ahead, check yourself. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. You know, that's encouraging to me. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. God doesn't make any accidents, doesn't make any mistakes. He knows you. While you were yet in your mother's womb, He knit you together. You have a purpose. Come on, somebody say, I have a purpose. And God can bring order to your life. Well, Hallelujah. He's done that for me, and I'm believing for him to bring some more order. Amen. Different things that I'm praying for and believing. God gave them a specific word to those disciples. Now they not only think, not only that, but I'm no horseman. Do we have any horsemen out there? I I have gotten on all right, we got some horse people. I, I have gotten on a horse that 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 wasn't broke. Uh, I didn't get on too. Well It was an Arabian stallion. I was approximately 10 years old And the the horse was this Extremely expensive horse. I'm not sure it was it was an Arabian horse farm on the end of Long Island I was there with my brother and this man whose name was Bud Topping six foot four monster of a man with fingers like sausages. I'll never forget his farmer fingers. I man, you ever see somebody with big hands like that? You just you shake their hands, you feel like a small boy or a girl, as in my case may be. This stallion was amazing. It had fire in his eyes. It was just the most incredible creature to behold. He's like, whoa, that's power. Passion, you know. And they were, they were going to bring these two horses together, but the time wasn't right. And so he we went to go open the gate. Well, the, the stallion charged him and took a, took a bite of his shoulder and then backed off a little bit. And this guy, Bud Topping, brought back his baseball mitt size hand and punched the horse in the head with everything he had. At that moment, the stallion ran Bud over Directly over him. I was just behind the ho- behind bud a little ways and my brother was behind me I tried to grab the horse as it went by. I mean, that's gotta be like some Fearless. I know more now. I'd never do that I'd be like watch out. It's the horse I grabbed the mane and and, and tried to hold on and I just spun out and almost got killed, you know my brother on the other hand Actually was able to get his hands around that neck of that horse and I will never forget Watching my brother who was probably I see if I was 10 he was 14 Had the mane and and then on the other side I don't know what he was holding on to and I never forget it with his feet lifted like this That stallion in a full sprint Across that paddock And then him letting go it was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen (laughs) The horse was Wild they get a colt. Now, I am not. I don't know about donkeys and colts and all of that, but I'm going to tell you, nobody had ever ridden the thing. I don't think it would have been too excited to have Jesus ride on His back. Yet when Jesus gets on His back, we don't hear about any commotion. We don't hear about Jesus wiping out with His face into the dust. Because He's the Prince of Peace. And He brought order to a wild... I was going to say... King James vernacular, but we'll we'll just hold up on that. Some of you are like that. (laughs) Some of you are like a wild donkey and Jesus got a hold of you. Come on. He did. And he brought you peace. Isn't he great? Isn't God good? He can bring order to your life. The Lord needs you. Everybody say the Lord needs me. Yes, he does. There's certain people that you will reach and be used by him that other people will never reach if you don't step up to the plate. And do what he's called. A he, he has a need of you. Look, if he didn't need you, you'd be dead. Hello? All right. Come on, wake your neighbor up. If he didn't need you, you'd be dead. He said, well, no, that's because he wants me to be saved. Well, okay, fine. Then after you received the Lord, repented of your sin, then you'd drop dead right in the altar. I wouldn't have to go through hours of counseling to people that never listen. Anyway. <laughs> no matter how great or small... You are The Lord needs you We've got time We've got talent Treasure he wants to use us Praise Jesus for who he is And what he's done Isn't God great John 12 is a traditional Palm Sunday text And in that chapter Jesus Raises Lazarus from the dead and he does these countless miracles and the disciples are rejoicing and multitude of disciples are rejoicing because of all the things that Jesus has done and they're just shouting and it's a, it's a picture of how to praise God you want to know how to praise God it's right here how to praise God you remember what he's done remember how he brought you through and if you're just here for the first service, first time in church, and you've never given your heart to God, we can allow for, we'll we allow for an opportunity for that to happen for you here by the end of the service. But when you, when you understand and begin to realize that without Him you would be nothing, you'd have no goodness, no, no blessing, no favor, no healing, no forgiveness... A picture of how to praise God. You think about what He's done. These guys, the, the attitude of joyful—they were joyful. What were they? They were joyful. I always wonder about intercessors who are depressed. It's like a—it's a jumbo shrimp. It's an oxymoron. Christians should have joy. If you listen, joy is an attitude that comes when Jesus is enthroned in your heart. When you got Jesus in here, you will have joy if you're all concerned and worried and you've got all this other stuff that you're focusing on Then you can get concerned cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. Yes, he does. He made a way
1: Come on. You don't have to worry and wring your hands. Oh, God, when are you gonna do it for me? God? No, just trust him Trust him
0: So how to a picture of how to praise God? It's an attitude of joy the second thing we see, there's an action. Loud voices clapping and dancing. That, that's what's happening in the text. Listen, I, I've been pastoring a pretty long time now. I've been at churches. We were at a church once, was a guest speaker. And uh, we were getting ready to preach and they, some worship began to happen. And a lady in the second row just got touched by the Lord. And she pops out of the second row And she's just doing the Pentecostal You know, the Pentecostal thing Bumping around, dancing And the the pastor came off the platform Like a bolt of lightning Took her by the elbow and said I don't know what he said But I know she just went And sat down with all the rest of the Folks that were Bound by religion we had. Guess what I preached on that night I thought my whole message changed right in that moment I thought, oh Let's go hunting <laughs> Hallelujah I, I never did get invited back But I think some people got free I ain't going anywhere just to go preach for, Just because you know, I'm going to obey God It is a weird thing well, we're, I'm gonna I'm, I'm just tell you, some some folks that say, "Well, that, that King's Chapel, they, I was there, they ran around that church. They they clap, they're loud, all the shandis and the shubas. I just, I, 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 just, I can't. can I tell you something? You know what's weird to me? Here's what's weird to me. What's what's strange, odd, and unusual is a church where there's no joy. There's there's no singing. There's no clapping. There's no lifting of hands That's not e- you want to talk about biblical that is not biblical Hebrew in hebrew, it's called yada Lifting of your hands when I first came into our church. I was going to a I was going to another church many years ago Because they had really pretty girls. There was before I got married Oh, yeah, oh man Come on, you're gonna find a find a good date. Church is a good place to go. Amen. I mean, that's what I was figuring. So, you know, the girls there were cute, and so I went, and um, didn't seem to help me. I, you know. I, at any rate, I got invited to our church. It was then called First Assembly of God. Now it's King's Cathedral and Chapels. I, I walked in. I'll never forget it. The play. It was towards the end of a service where they were breaking generational curses. Now I didn't even even heard about what a generational curse was. I walked in the place. I heard the last 15 minutes of Dr. Morocco's message. And the place was just absolutely erupting in worship. People lifting their hands and lifting their voices. I heard this sea of, of singing and, 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 and tongues and stuff. And I'm in the back. I, I didn't even get to a pew. You know what I mean? I like walked in the back of the safe place, the back. Just like, okay, so I've got a wall. Come on. I've had some street experiences. You get to a corner where you can see everything. Just make sure everything's all right. It was so wild. And I was thinking, these people are a bunch of freaks. That's what my mind's saying. I said, this is this, was, this was crazy. This is a crazy bunch of freaks. But I couldn't deny. I mean, my next thought is, what a bunch of freaks, but what is that? I'm just like, all of my hair standing on end. I'm thinking, whoa, I think God's in here. You know, it's just like, ah. Now, I had, I had. Messed around with all kinds of other stuff. I knew the power of the enemy and I began to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and a freedom in that place. And I I just thought I just, you know, I did one of these. I did this. God's presence increased. I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. I just thought. Oh, God. And I saw some other i saw some other person just tears running down their face with their hands fully extended. I thought, I really need that kind of help, God. Oh, God. And I began to lift my hands and cry. They gave an altar call. The next thing I know, he gave an altar call for if you need generational curses broken off of your life. Now, I knew. I knew I'd been cursed by something. Generational, whatever. I know I, I definitely got that. Whatever he's talking about, I, I need something broken. Right? I wasn't even a thought process. By the time I realized what I was doing, I was in a full sprint halfway up the aisle. I'm going to tell you something. I love church. I hate dead church. Can't stand it. You don't need a bunch of religion and a bunch of tradition to get your family through this next season. You need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. You, don't, you know, I'm going to tell you, we don't need just to have a cute worship service. We need God to show up. How many of you know tonight, right Right now, I should say, right now, in the hospital, this young boy, Eric, needs a miracle. He doesn't need somebody who just can come and say, you know, oh, well, I hope it works out. Hope it works out. Step up with some authority in Christ. Break the thing in Jesus name and believe god now after that we're just going to trust the lord but that pablum pacifier binky christianity i can't stand it you know what i'm talking about binky pacifiers God wants to pull the pacifier out of your mouth and give you the pure milk of the word, set you on fire, and so overwhelm you with his love that you don't really give a flip, whether you end up running around it, running around, screaming, shouting, dancing, look what the Lord has done, ah, 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 look what, come on! If God really does something for you, you're gonna do something like, oh! Come on, how many of you went to the Super Bowl? Saw the Super Bowl? How many of your team won?
1: Did you shout? Yes. Yes. Come on, somebody say yes. This is a
0: picture on how to worship. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't always feel like shouting, I don't always feel like dancing, and I don't always feel like lifting my hands. However, I understand this great truth, which is this He's worthy. And my physical body and my soul sometimes gets worn down and tired. Sometimes I'm not thinking right because when I am thinking right and I really understand what he's done, I'll lift my hands and I'll sing with all my heart. And there's moments where I'm just discouraged. And it's in those moments I've learned the principle of worship, which is I'm going to lift my voice anyway, even though I don't feel like it. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to bop just a little bit, even though I feel like I want to sit down or I'm feeling sick or I'm tired. Why? Because when you do that, he inhabits the praises of his people. He will break that thing off of you. He'll fill you full of his spirit touch you it's called a sacrifice of praise
1: <laughs>
0: look in the upper room in the upper room 120 people do you actually think now let me paint the picture for you their leaders dead Got killed, got crucified. They're kind of wondering I mean, they were outcasts. They weren't like, "Oh, look, it's the disciples. Everybody rejoiced, no. No, no. There's some strange offshoot cult. Jesus has been crucified and resurrected, but they're wondering, Are we actually going to get crucified, too? And Jesus said, you wait, you tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. So 500 people saw him ascend, but only 120 are in the upper room. A bunch of people quit. Caved in, maybe. They're in the upper room. I don't think that upper room prayer meeting was like for 10 days. It was a 10-day prayer meeting. And I don't think they were all, well, Lord, you know everything. And we're just hoping that you might come and would we'll send whatever you said you're gonna send and because I'm really hungry we've been fasting and I've been here 10 days I'm pretty sure they want to crucify us too but... no they, they are they are broken they are praying in one accord Homothomodon. everybody say homothomodon. What are you talking about homo what homo look homogenous that's where that word comes from We were we were talking about homogenous groups Homogenous groups and this brother says to me in our church pastor I'm, not a homo and i'm not a genius. So I don't really know what you're talking about (laughs) Okay (laughs) Some of you might get that on the way home Homo thomodon, homo is oneness. It's a united, one accord. That's what this one accord means in Acts 2. Thomodon is, is, a, is a word for explosive heat. When they were in the upper room, there was a unity. There was an explosive, united fire. They weren't worried about where they were gonna, what they were gonna eat, they weren't worried about anything. They were crying out, God, you said you'd send your Holy Spirit. They were united. When, if, I'm gonna tell you, I've said this before, if God can get a critical mass in a church like this one, where a bunch of people begin to worship and not worry about what they're serving at the buffet, not worry about the new IMAX, whatever it is, theater that's opening up on Friday, not worry about what's happening in, in your own life or your, or your, or your kids, just begin to push those things aside and begin to focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and begin to join in with the angelic host of seraphim and, and the, 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 the elders casting down their crowns and their sing, holy, 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 begin to enter into that worship, the the roof will peel off and the fire of the presence of God, which you and I desperately need, will come to a church like that. Or you can let the rocks cry out. It's a picture of worship. Turn to Psalm 149. Psalm 100, thank you, Micah. Psalm 149, please look at this with me. Are you getting anything this morning? Psalm 149, to verse six: Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand. For what purpose? To execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints praise the Lord. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God. That word in the Hebrews, it's, it's it, it It's... It's not just, this is a day, This is a day that the Lord has made. Hey, the Lord has made. I will rejoice. No, it is a braggadocious, absolutely off the chain, everything you got. Lift your voice, lift your hand, spin around in absolute lostness in God, because of who great, how great He is. Is when you worship God like that with all your heart Now that doesn't mean we have to have everybody running around the room But you might end up running around the room Is it okay to run around the room in this church? Yes It is I don't want to make it a doctrine or anything Occasionally I take a lap myself Some of you need to take a lap Praise binds and looses. There was a missionary In the islands And He was trying to win this village And the village said no you can't preach the gospel here You can't share your message here And he said well What, how, what can I do to To allow you to let me do that He said you have to pass a bunch of tests And so he did these tests He, This is a true story Did these tests he had a wrestling match and strength tests and he was a big guy was a was a ball player before that he passed all the tests with flying colors I mean just did everything that they asked him to do. He's a good athlete just was able to do it He said, okay You can you can preach my gospel, but before you do let me show you what my god can do And he got all of the men in a circle and they began to clap in some rhythmic way and they, these two women were brought into the center of the circle and they began to do this dance together and they levitated about 15 feet off the ground and he said can your God do that and Sam Sasser is his name he writes it in his book you can look it up online Sam Sasser a great missionary to the Marshallese people and the Solomon Islands and the Pacific Islands And Sam said no Sam said no my, my God's not into that my God can bring him down though he said, no, he can't. He said, yeah, he can't. So he walked, out of the, walked away from the circle, walked away about 30 feet, went into a little field, lifted his hands, and began to sing and worship God with all his heart. Those two women fell out of the sky, and, and one of them broke their legs, and he broke her leg, and we went over there and he prayed for her. God miraculously healed her, and the whole village was able to hear the gospel, and every one of them, including the chief, got saved. You see, praise and worship will bring the power of God. Can you imagine being a part of this crew, this worshiping and praising? And 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 if you look at two. The Pharisees are a picture of Satan attempting to stomp our praise. Really, a picture of a picture of the enemy trying to get you from lifting your voice. You know, I just release you from the opinions of the people that are next to you. I've learned this statistic. I'm not sure it's true, but it works for me. There's really only two or three people that like you anyway. Praise God, let that set you free. There's only really two or three people that like you. So who cares? Come on, don't, don't be a man pleaser. Don't, don't be all bound up by the opinions of who's next to you or whether you sing good or, or don't sing good or whether you're clapping on a clapping. I mean, some people are rhythmically challenged. How many of You know what I'm talking about? Like, Right? Some people have rhythm problems. Who cares? Just go for it. Just don't bring a tambourine in here. All right. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Has anybody been a part of a service where there's tambourines all over the place? It's about to drive you nuts. Okay. I've, I've heard great tambourine playing, too. All right, let's move on. So the pharisees a picture of satan attempting to stop praise Don't harden your heart. Jesus wept over jerusalem Well, I got to say one more thing when When jesus is riding in and they're laying down their clothes and they're waving palm branches Which you see in john 12 That's a picture of revolution coming from the maccabeans the maccabean wars and that they would wave palm branches as a sign of of revolt or revolution and they just believed that jesus was going to come down Kick everybody out kick rome out and be the king of kings now He'll be doing that at the second advent, but he was supposed to come as a surfer, suffering servant, which he did out of isaiah chapter 53 They're waving these palm trees and the donkeys riding and you know who you and I are we're the donkeys So when god moves through you with power, can you imagine the donkey the colt? Can you imagine the donkey be like? What's up? Yeah, I'm just in town one night. How you doing, man? I'm mean, whew, so glad to be here. Can you imagine the donkey bowing down? Thank you. I'm so anointed. Yes. No, No. they're clapping and shouting me because Jesus is on the back of the donkey. Just thought I'd throw that in. Look at C. Don't harden your heart. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. You've got to have a passion for souls. If you're not moved by what other people are going through, something's wrong. So at that hospital last night, looking at that boy, Eric, his big blue eyes, and his mom there, they're completely dependent on God and, and modern medicine, God using modern medicine and God to bring him through. And I know he's already. Have you got have you got a how to go? Amen. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Alright, and we pray even now. Come on, just lift your voice. We pray he'd live. Lord, that you would completely restore him to full health in the name of Jesus. And we thank and praise you for it. And all of God's people said... Amen. You know what's so great about being a part of a church? That when hell blows its foul wind on your life and it comes to everybody, that you can get together with a group of people that will pray in the name of Jesus, bind demon power, and see God move. And without that, if you're isolated at all in your little home and you've got your family, praise God for that. But there is strength in numbers, people. There's strength in numbers. I rejoice in that. Amen. God heal him completely. Got to be moved. Jesus was moved. He wept. Have passion for souls. And he wept over the city because he saw their judgment. Verse 43. Amazing words that were fulfilled 40 years later. Jesus prophesied and said they will come and they'll build an embankment. Guess what happened? 70 A.D. Rome came, built an embankment, leveled the place. He prophesied it. Literally, they didn't understand. They missed their time. They missed their time, and as a result, judgment came. I want to tell you this very soberly as I begin to conclude this message. Would you come? In the hand of God is both blessing and judgment. And the way that you, if you if you if you open your heart to receive all that He wants, then, then all that He has for you, then blessing is released. The disciples, when they were sent out two by two, they came to the town, and Jesus said, go to the house if and, and, and pray the peace of God there. If your peace rests there, then heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, bring the kingdom. He said, but on those towns, it won't receive you. Take your shoes off, knock the dust off of your shoes, and it will be worse for those towns than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm paraphrasing The picture is that when the power of God is being released If you don't receive that and you harden your heart you set yourself up for release of Well, some would call it judgment But look at the the, the truth is if you come out from under the hand of God whose hand are you under? God loves you. He's got a great plan for you, but you got to take it. You got to choose it. You got to say yes And jerusalem well their eyes were blind spiritually. Look at your notes. We're almost done. Their eyes were blind spiritually. There have been times of blindness in my life. Is anybody else? Am i the only person. And you say, well, what about now? Honestly, I've learned this. I'd be a fool to say that I didn't have any blindness in my life. I might have some. I'm not aware of it. I pray every morning, God, if there's something on the inside of me that displeases you, Lord, put your finger on it so that I can repent and I can renew my mind and so that I can get rid of my blindness because I'm going to be made more like you. Look, that's righteous, a righteous prayer. And so when he puts his finger on you and, 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 and puts his finger on that selfish thing that you have or that greed that you have or that lust that you're struggling with, you deal with it. You get the Word of God and you get prayer and you get healing. They were blind. Stay open to receive from the Lord. Stay open to receive from the Lord. So don't miss your God moment. The, the result of missing your God moments is you miss God's best, His peace. And you can experience great loss by missing God moments. You can experience great loss by by missing God moments. You say, well, I don't ever want to miss a moment in God like that. I don't either. How do you be assured of that? You, you stay close to Him. You be quick to repent. You live a lifestyle of being involved in a, in a local church. And if you don't have a home, local church, we'd love to be that for you. Well, there's a lot of great churches in the valley. Praise God. you got to get plugged in. You need to be grafted in, knitted in and apart the body come on we all function and flow together some of us are little fingers, other of us are lungs or elbows, it's the whole body working together I think the body of Christ is in a wheelchair today because people don't get involved, don't get plugged in they miss their moment, but it's changing I believe that it's changing. I believe that there's a people, even here today, under the sound of my voice, you're saying, you know what? I'm not going to miss my God moment. I'm going to fulfill what God called me to. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. I might be a donkey, but Jesus can ride on my back. I'm going to be used by God. I'm not going to miss my moment. I'm going to go on. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise Him with all my heart. Come on, stand up on your feet. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm not going to be concerned about a Pharisee that would want to tell me to shut up or be quiet. I'm I'm not going to be controlled by some religious spirit. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to lift my voice because God is worthy. God is great. Come on, lift your voice and just thank Him right out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We're not going to miss our moment. We're not going to let the rocks cry out, Lord, in our place. We've been chosen by you. Come on, lift your voice.
1: Just thank Him right out
0: on right now as you praise Him as you lift your voice we're binding demon power according to Psalm 149
1: Are. you are good you are good you are good yes you are You're good you good. holy 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 is the Lord
0: God
1: who was and is and
0: Come on, just lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. They say, well, I don't usually do that. Well, why don't you try it? It's okay. It's a biblical thing. Come on, everybody, lift your hands to heaven. That's where your help comes from.
1: We all need help. Oh, Jesus.
0: to the divine appointments and moments that are in you. When we meet people, Lord, when we're in our quiet times, we do not want to miss what you want to do in our lives. And we're mindful that these kairos moments where time and destiny meet, we're mindful that you bring those, Lord, even every day. We want all you have for us as a church. We want all that you have for us as a people. We want all that you have for us as a community, as a nation. Don't pass us by that we would know the time, the day of our visitation is today. Holy Spirit, come. Put your finger that displease you in our lives put your finger on things that grieve you expose mindsets and ways of thinking that are contrary to truth contrary to the word of God that we would not be waylaid because of a double mindedness or an ungodly belief system we would live according to the truth of your word and be your people your chosen people your You're grafted in ones, called out, set apart, and used to expand your kingdom. God, thank you for the awesome privilege of being alive at this time. We are the army of heaven in the earth. and You are the captain, the Lord of the hosts. We bless you. Go before us. And us in before and behind. Let the glory of the Lord be our rear guard. God, we thank you. Would you put your hands together for Jesus?
1: Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb.
0: If you're here under the sound of my voice, you're not right with God. I want to give you an opportunity to get right with Him. Examine your heart right now. You're not right with Him. If you don't for sure whether Heaven would be your home, are your sin's forgiven, have you asked Him to come into your heart? Well, I did that years ago, Pastor. I'm not really on fire right now. Well, then this next one works for you. If you've received Him, but you're not living all the way for Him, you're living a life perhaps of compromise, or you're just... You feel like you've gone cold in your walk. Well, recommit your life to Him and start afresh today. Today's the first day of the rest of your life, people. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to make a recommitment to Him. Or thirdly, you just want to be assured of your salvation. The enemy comes to lie to you and they say, yeah, You're not saved. You never really received the Lord. If that's you, you fit in any of those categories. Giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Number two, recommitting your life to the Lord. Or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. you fit in any of those categories, slip your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. All the way in the back. God bless you. I see that hand. Those of you online, those listening by podcast, thank you. I see your hand. God bless you. Let's all pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Use me to fulfill my purpose in the earth. Break every chain every bondage, and every curse. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Just rejoice right now. Just thank you, my right God Come on. on this Palm Sunday. Invite everybody you know Tuesday night. Don't miss Tuesday night. Of course, tonight we'll have off-the-hook service. It's going to be great. Don't miss it. Don't miss any of the services. They're all off the chain. You need to come. Invite people. How many will invite people for next weekend? All right. I know you're holding somebody's hand. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done today. And we will be like the multitude of disciples. We will rejoice. We will lift our voice, God. We will praise you because you're worthy. Not necessarily because we feel like it, but because you're worthy. And I pray, oh God, that you would bless each and every family here. Lord, that all of us, Lord, would receive the fullness of all that you have for us. That the day of visitation we will not miss because we will be sensitive to you. Your word sensitive to other people. Remove any kind of blindness that we would be powerfully used by you in this last end time generation. We give you praise and glory and honor. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We hope to see
1: you tonight.